Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 12th and final round. Right hand. Golovkin steps in and down he goes again. Unbelievable. Mayweather makes him pay. What a rookie mistake. A sensational left hook by Delaware. It's fact. I'm the best. You know what I mean? I sometimes I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. I'm going to show you how great I am. From Southern California, this is the Last Round Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one of the Last Round Podcast. I am Danny Z with my co-host from across the pond, now resides in Southern California, Michael Shepard, a.k.a. Shep. So it's easy for you guys to remember S-H-E-P. How's it going, Shep? I'm good. Just living that American dream. Back here in Southern California, you've been here for what, since four, for four years now? For four years, yeah. From Newcastle, England, right? That's it. And so, you know, we wanted, we've been, we've been building the show for the last couple months, and we definitely wanted to get the first episode out of the way uh, before arguably the biggest event of the year in the rematch between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Triple G Golovkin, September 15th, next Saturday, from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, promoted by Golden Boy Promotions and Triple G Promotions. And obviously, they fought last September. They were supposed to fight in May. And the whole Clambuterol scandal happened. You know, that, that, that'll that take our conversation in a totally different direction. So we shouldn't even touch on that right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's for, for another show. Maybe after the rematch, we can kind of tie it all together. Um, but, you know, let, let's start with that, with that entire card. Um, I think, you know, a, a big surprise to everybody. Chocolatito Gonzalez is going to be fighting on the card against Moises Fuentes. What do you think about that fight, Shep? I think it's a good fight coming back for Chocolatito after having those two uh, two losses to uh, Rung Visai. He kind of needed something to uh, get him back on track, should we say. Um, obviously, what, what, what weight is this fight at? Uh, it's looking like it's probably going to be, what, 118? Is it 118? Or is it 115? Because, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it, it obviously, especially when he fought... So rung Visai and and all that. Even when he fought Quadros, like you know, everybody kept saying one twelve was his was his ceiling, you know. Um, but you know, I like Chocolatito. You know, obviously for the longest time he was considered the pound for pound best, mm-hmm. especially when Mayweather came off, you know, went into retirement mode. Essentially, he wasn't as continuously active. Um, but then you know, like you said, the so rung Visai, the first loss, I think you know it affected him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was still a close fight, and I think that's what they made the rematch. He's like, you know, let's see if I can, you know, revenge. See if I can get that win back. Well, it was even worse the second time. You know, he just got laid out, um, and then you know, Sorong Bisai's stardom went up. And you know, do you still think? Do you think? Do you think it, it affected his, you know, his character, his psyche? What do you, What do you think? You think he's going to be able to come back to that elite level and, and get up to a world championship level? I don't think obviously he'll come back as the fighter he was before being the pound for pound. Um, it seems to be the guys in the smaller weight divisions don't have a, a long shelf life. I think maybe you know, all that time having to make weight at the older ages, you know, like now he's 
he's only only 30s he's, he's 31 um I think he'd be in and around, especially with the Superfly cards. We'll probably see him on a few big cards, but I don't think... I think we've seen the best of Chocolatito. Right, right. You know, I, I could agree with that, but, you know, there's always a good chance. Like, he's not... It's not like he's 36, 37 years old. Um, you know, he, he could still... There's always still a chance there. Um, and I think he can come back, and I think he can show something. Uh, you know, just looking here on, on Box Rec, Mo- Moises Fuentes... Is 25 and five with one uh, one draw, um, and his last fight was in February of this year against Daigo Higa for the World Boxing Council WBC World Flyweight title, and he lost in a KO decision. Um, and just looking at just looking at his record, the last four fights he's been in, he's lost three of the four. So, I mean, essentially, do you agree with me that this is more of a showcase fight? for Chocolatito in order to get his confidence back because, you know, obviously these promoters, especially guys like you know, Tom Loeffler, who essentially has been promoting Chocolatito for a long time, or at least co-promoting, knows that Chocolatito still has some value. So you think this is more of a showcase fight than anything? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, the, the Superfly card with the third one being tomorrow, um, it's, it's a popular card and people want to see Chocolatito. They want to see Rungvisai. Uh, obviously, Chocolatito with the losses and Rungvisai um, having those personal issues. Everybody wants to see them, obviously, on Superfly for the fall next year. So if they can get those two back in the ring, give them a few opponents that look good against, have a huge Superfly fall card, you know, maybe an Easter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they still have the, the name. Right. So Right. And, and you know, it's it, looking at... Looking at uh, Chocolatito's last fight, of course, was against Soaring Visa. It essentially it, he's going to be a year out of. Actually, I think to, this week it was a year that he's been out of action. So you know, you think that's going to affect him? You think he's going to be back in training mode, or you, you know, or do you think he just needed that time off to kind of reflect after back-to-back losses? I think the proof will be in the pudding next week. I guess. Um, I think he probably needed the time off after getting uh, convincingly, you know, knocked out. Um, after losing the first one, like you said, it was kind of controversial. He's, I think he lost, but he was kind of close. And then coming back in, you know, seeking revenge and then just getting really quite badly, uh, quite badly knocked out. So I think some time off to, to clear his head and then come back. You know, he's, like you just said, he's, you touched on it. He, uh, he picked a good opponent, uh, lost three of his last four. So I think it'll be a good stepping stone to, uh, to it's get a confi- back. It's a confidence builder. Yeah, exactly. You know, hopefully for next year to a big to a bigger fight. Yeah, especially you know, it's good thing you touched on the Superfly. Uh, you know, there's been now with the one coming up, upcoming. Um, you know, depending on when you listen to this, uh, Superfly three. Right, mm-hmm. this is the third one. Tomorrow is actually tomorrow, um, and obviously this is becoming a recurring theme here in Southern California, whether it's at the Forum in Inglewood. Or in Carson at the StubHub Center, um, Tom Loeffler is obviously trying to make this, you know, uh, uh, an annual event, Superfly. You know, and it seems like it's working. You know, a lot of people show up, and uh, I think I think they obviously want Chocolatito to get, you know, get some wins under his belt, so he can headline or at least be on another Superfly card in the future. Could you know what? Why wouldn't you want him? You know, I I, I think he could still draw. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously his drawing power is probably a little bit low right now, but. You know, he's still a name, um, and in his wins, just because he has two losses now, he still has 49 wins. You know, so like it's not like he's he's a horrible boxer. He's still a great boxer. It just you know, he he stepped up in weight and he just found somebody who gave him a challenge. But you know, how, how many how, how how much could you say about that in terms of other boxers who take risks like that? You know, especially back to back. You know, um, 
So what do we got? What do we got after that? We got uh, Lemieux O'Sullivan, David Lemieux and Spike O'Sullivan. Spike O'Sullivan uh, was, you know, remember when the whole Triple G Canelo in May, it was canceled and then they were trying to find an opponent for Triple G. Spike O'Sullivan kept getting mentioned, getting mentioned. Um, and obviously it didn't go through, but he did fight on that undercard and he won of the Triple G. Um, uh, who, did he, who did he fight? The, Ar- the Armenian from Glendale. Um, Amanasian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this fight? Lemieux, Spike O'Sullivan. You know, it, you know, go, touching on Lemieux really quick, um, I was completely surprised how BJ Saunders like toyed with him. Um, you know, especially because how, how Lemieux has been a power puncher and he's a knockout artist, essentially, especially when he knocked out like Curtis Stevens and stuff like that. I mean, you know, what, what do you what do you think about this fight, Lemieux and O'Sullivan? I think it'll be a it's a good fight, kind of a more of a 50-50 fight. Um, I think Gary O'Sullivan is he, he's actually quite a good boxer, mm-hmm. um, not technically gifted, but something like him and David Lemieux are kind of similar fighters they're come forward fighters they like a good scrap it's going to probably be what be a good fight for the fans um, the only problem I have is, is David Lemieux obviously when he fought the Billy Joe Saunders fight you could tell just looking at his body at the way in that he looked like he struggled to make weight looked kind of flabby um, had a little muffin top yeah so I'm just wondering because there was talk of him actually moving up in weight right so I don't know whether this fight to super is, middleweight that's what I heard. He's right. looking at moving up. Um, so I don't know whether this fight is... You don't think he's too small, though? I think he would be too small, but it just depends on whether... Obviously, he's not getting any younger, whether... That's true. I mean, his biggest battle for this fight might just be the weigh-in. Yeah. I mean, he. if you look at it on paper, he is he's the bigger name. He's the bigger draw. Mm-hmm. He's been in the bigger fights. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably Spike O'Sullivan's biggest fight, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um... And I think he knows that, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I'm interested, I'm, I'm really interested in this fight. I'm really interested in this fight. Of course, uh, not looking at the main event, of course, I'm really interested in this fight because I want to see how Lemieux responds after his loss against PJ Saunders. But I also want to see what Spike O'Sullivan has, this being the biggest fight he's ever going to be in. And obviously he knows, okay, you know, if I win there's obviously bigger fights down the line for me you know it's possible i saw i saw a rumor um this week and i don't i don't think it's real but um you know it might have been just some random some random you know gossip but saying that um golden boy had a had a date locked in december for canelo um and then people started talking about oh maybe a danny jacobs fight or spike winner of spike Sullivan lemieux i don't think canelo would fight in december I don't think you know. I don't think he's gonna fight. You know, if he does, I'd be really surprised. I'd be really surprised. I hope you know. I'd, I'd enjoy it. Um, but you know, obviously, the winner of Lemieux O'Sullivan, especially if Canelo wins, um, will likely fight the winner of Triple G Canelo. Mostly if Canelo wins, because O'Sullivan is signed under Golden Boy at the moment, right? And so is Lemieux. They're Golden Boy fighters. So you know. It just makes sense. Two middleweight fights. You know, both of these, all four of these fighters are in the top 10, essentially, in the middleweight division. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. You know, most promotions like to keep that money in-house. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Ask Bob Arum about that. He knows all about that. I mean, you could ask anybody, Al Heyman, you know, 
fellow and they, they've all done it you know it, it's the it's the nature of the business but i think that you know if especially especially if canelo wins especially if canelo wins and he gets all those middleweight titles from triple g de la hoya and golden boy is going to tell triple g look we'll fight it we're going to fight again there's going to be there's going to be a trilogy but canelo going to defend these titles again the winner of lemieux o'sullivan i guarantee you that that that's the that's the prospect right now that's, that's the potential plan um you know i'd be surprised you know i if they put canelo against danny jacobs danny jacobs is a dangerous fighter but but you know we'll we'll, we'll get to now we're jumping ahead a little bit <laughs> where um but who do you got who do you got in those sullivan lemieux i'm gonna have to go with uh the irish guy i'm gonna have to stick with the with the Brit, I'm going to go for the underdog. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for Mr. Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Spike O'Sullivan. And what, what, what do you, th- you think he's going to outbox him? I mean, because regardless if Lemieux did get toyed with by BJ Saunders, Lemieux still has power. Mm-hmm. He could, he just, he can, he gives you that one shot. And I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it. And, I, you know, the first legitimate time I saw Spike O'Sullivan fight was on the Triple G undercard earlier this year. And, you know, I, I think he, he did all right. He did all right. But, you know, in terms of, I mean, I didn't really see any power there. Did you see any, any power behind his punches? Did you see that fight? I, I didn't see much power. The, the thing, the reason I'm going for Gary Spike O'Sullivan is uh, I think Lemieux, like that, that saying from Rocky where the trainer's like, oh, he's become yeah. civilianized. What does he say? Right, right. No, I can't. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly the words to it. But um, I think Lemieux, you know, he's had the money. He's been up there. He's had the big fights and stuff like that. You know, he struggled to make weight against Billy Joe Saunders. Right. He's living that good life. Oh, absolutely. You know, Spike O'Sullivan is not. He's not had those big fights. Probably his biggest fight so far was uh, Antoine Douglas. Right. I agree with that. That was kind of like his coming out fight. Right. You know, I think people kind of expected him to lose that because Douglas was, you know, on the the surge. He was coming up through the ranks. So I think Spike O'Sullivan, he's going to want it more. This is his big fight. It's on a big card. It's got, he's on the pay-per-view part of the card. It's, you know, it's going to be a big payday for him. So I think he's going to go in there. He's going to want it more. Um, and I think he might actually take him out. You know, around. You think he could stop Lemieux? I, I think he might. I think just the, the pressure. Yeah. I don't think he doesn't have that one big punch. But I think just going in there, he's going to take shots. He'll take a few shots to, to give one. Right. So I think Spike will go in there, and I think he'll around eight, round nine. Right. Yeah, I think you'll take wow. him out. That's surprising. That's surprising because, like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, who, who, the la- I think the last time Lemieux got stopped was Triple G, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. That was the last time. And then, you know, it, it you can't be you can't be that ashamed when the last person to stop you was Gennady Golovkin. You know, even if you know, like guys like a BJ Saunders did outbox him for twelve rounds essentially and toyed with him. Um, Lemieux obviously has a chin. Like, you know, he could take some shots. Um, but obviously, you know, with Gennady, Gennady just, his shots are just on a different level, especially during that time when he fought Lemieux. And they fought in New York, I think, right? That was a, that was a New York fight. But, um... Because if you look at, if you look at Spike O'Sullivan's record, his two losses there to uh, Chris Eubank and to yeah. Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. And they're kind of two guys that, that like to box. Yeah. Eubank, not as much as Billy Joe. You know, Billy Joe's uh, fleet of foot, you know? Like, right. So... Michael Sullivan does well against people that just want to stand and bang, which is Lemieux. Right. But they're both the same, similar fighters. Right. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about this fight. I really am. Um, 
you know, like as I mentioned, I want to see if Lemieux, if his, you know, if if his pride is still shot from the BJ Saunders loss, or if he's gonna come back and like, you know what, I'm gonna knock this guy out and get my rhythm back. Or if Michael Sullivan, of course, he knows that he has a lot of stuff on the horizon if you especially if he wins. Um because I I when I saw him at StubHub at the Triple G um, uh, fight earlier this year in May, um, you know, af- uh, after his fight, no, no, it was the day before because the day before they had the Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia and um, it was an ESPN card, I think. And uh, Spike O'Sullivan was there um, in the stands, you know, walking around with his suit, with his sunglasses, his white suit. Yeah, and he loved the attention. You know, he loved the attention walking around and people. I mean, you know, of course, you you, know, you, you enjoy it. Um, so I think, you know, I, 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 you know what, I, I don't know, man, like I, I'm pulling for Lemieux, but you kind of painted a picture right now where, you know, Spike might, might have more, like a lot more to get. I think yeah, he has more to gain, of course. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I think that the X factor is Lemieux's power, um, and how O'Sullivan responds to that. Um, cause I mean, I, I think, I, I I'm sure he's studying a lot of tape of BJ Saunders, that fight against Lemieux um, was it earlier this year or last year? Last year, I think. Last year? I don't even remember, but, you know, I, 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 that was the last fight, obviously, for Lemieux. But, you know what? I'm going Lemieux, man. Um, but December? Yeah, I, I'm going Lemieux on this. Um, I think he stops him. But I can definitely see your points in O'Sullivan. I can definitely see him. So if he takes it, it's, it's not going to be a total surprise. But I don't know. I'm just. I guess. I just think that Lemieux, with that one power shot, he's gonna make him respect his power, and then, you know. But we'll see. But that's why it makes it such an intriguing fight. Um, and then, obviously, they both know. Okay, especially if Canelo wins, we're probably gonna get Canelo soon. So, and you know, even if they know, like, well, Canelo will beat me, you know, give or take. That's a huge payday for them. It's going to be the best payday, especially for O'Sullivan. That's going to be the best payday he's ever going to get. He's set for life. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot to gain here. There's a lot to gain. So what, what else do we have? We got the 21-year-old sensation, you know, at least that's what they're calling him, uh, who just captured, was it the WBO um, super welterweight title um, from Saddam Ali over there in, in New York. Jaime Munguia, who honestly should probably be a middleweight. He's a big kid. He's a big kid. And he's fighting uh, Brandon Cook, Cook, C-O-O-K, of Canada, who's 20-1 and with 13 KOs. Um, you know, I, 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 it seems like a decent matchup. Um, what do you think about Munguia ever since he won this title, obviously? You know, going back to that, before we dive into it, when... Triple G was looking for an opponent in May. Munguia was mentioned as an opponent, and they wanted to do it in Vegas. They wanted to do it in Vegas, but then the Nevada State Athletic Commission they blocked it. And they said no, he's he's not he's not ready for a guy like Triple G. They blocked it because they're like, no, that's that's too big of a risk. Um, you know what, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about Munguia? I think the Nevada Commission doing that to Munguia was the best thing that happened to him. He didn't get that fight, which was uh, you know probably would have been his first loss. Uh, with not getting that fight, he got the chance to uh, stand in and fight Saddam Ali because uh, Liam Smith ended up having some kind of skin infection. Right. So he couldn't right. he couldn't take the fight. He comes in, fights Saddam Ali, 
um, quite early on, you could see there was two different weight classes in the in the ring. Mm-hmm. Salam Ali uh, just couldn't take the power. Um, Ali was, you know, trying to outbox him, but Munguia noticed early on that Saddam Ali, when he was connecting, he wasn't really feeling it. He was just kind of stood there. So I think Munguia was like just coming forward, was taking the shots that Ali was giving because it wasn't really affecting him because, like you said, he's, he's more of a middleweight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he takes out Ali, then goes and fights uh, Smith because Smith was obviously was due the due the title shot due to having to drop out due to injury. Uh, that was that was quite a good fight. I thought Liam Smith actually gave uh, quite a good quite a good impression of himself over here. You know, unanimous decision, but right. he looked he looked quite good because no, I think he 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 did he did quite well for for the performance he gave. Um, yeah, he touched him a lot. He for for a good part of the fight he was all boxing him. A little, little bit of dirty fighting in there as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, Munguias is like he's listed as six foot tall. You know, he's a big kid. He's a big. I mean, do you think he needs to be fighting at one fifty four, or do you think it's more okay? Well, his handlers and his promoter, are like, okay, well, if you can make it, stay right there because this, your size is obviously an advantage there, and you obviously mm-hmm. got a world title. Because if you move it to one sixty, that competition is a lot crazier, and it's going to be harder for you to keep a world title or keep your, you know, keep, keep your uh, your stardom up. So, do, do you think they tell him like, oh, stay at one fifty four as long as you can make it? Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's. Uh... He's more of a middleweight. Um, I think he'll stay in this division just whilst he's young. You know, he can still make the weight. His body at that age can probably fluctuate. He can go up. He can drop the weight. You know, probably put, he'll probably put on what twenty pounds mm-hmm. overnight, ready for the fight on the day. So, yet again, you know, you'll look in, the, you'll look on TV, or if, if you're ringside, and you'll you'll see two different weight divisions in the ring. But um, whilst he can still do that, he'll be good. Be interesting to see how many fights he'll do that for, because it's what his third, third third fight of that weight category yeah I he'll, believe so he'll probably wait for one of the big guys like Canelo or Triple G to get kind of like older mm-hmm. and then step up um, and see what he can do at that weight level right right I mean obviously he has power I mean just look at what he did to poor Saddam Ali Ali was I remember when they made that fight especially when you saw them in the ring against each other like mm-hmm. standing next to each other I was like oh no why would he agree to this <laughs> fight and I mean, look at what happened. Like he, those shots that Ali felt like, you know, just collapsed, and it, that was it. That was it. Like any, oh, that was a tough, that was a tough fight for him. If I was Ali, I would have been kind of pissed at Golden Boy because he kind of threw him to the wolves. They just literally threw him on there. Yeah, it's like watching a slaughter on TV. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, Liam Smith was supposed to be the opponent, mm-hmm. um, and you know he had that uh, alleged skin infection or, or whatever. And, and then they put Mungia in there uh, at six foot tall, um, you know, way bigger. And Ali is not like a big guy. He's 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 not even really a, a, a super welterweight. Uh, before, like most of his career has been, I think, at welterweight, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he moved up uh, to fight Kodo in Kodo's farewell fight. Yeah. And you know, and because I mean, obviously they couldn't secure anybody, and, and I'm sure they told Ali like, hey. You want to move up, fight Cotto, especially if you can beat him. That's hey, you get his world title and you beat a Hall of Famer. I mean, that doesn't, and you get a payday. You know, it doesn't seem like a bad deal. Win-win. So you know, he took it. He got the world title. Um, and then wasn't the Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First defense is supposed to be against Smith? Yeah. Then Smith gets out and Mungir comes in and then that's it. That's it. Oh man. And now Mungir obviously has a title. Um and he's undefeated. He's 30 and 0. 30 and 0. And then uh Brandon Cook, who's obviously his opponent, uh September 15th, um, on the Canelo Triple G undercard. Uh he's 20 20 wins with 13 KOs with one loss. And the last three fights he's had. He's won two and he's lost one. So, you know, he barely got his first loss last year, actually. Um, September 9th, 2017. There's a TKO against Kanat Islam uh, for the w- WBA NABA Super Welterweight title. Um, Brandon then, Cook was supposed to fight uh, Kel Brook back on. Yeah, I remember that. July 28th until Kel Brook suffered an injury. That was on the uh, undercard of Dylan White, Joseph Parker. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I mean, what have you seen Brandon Cook fight before? Uh, Do you think he has a chance? I think Mungia is gonna like. I mean, the only thing with Mungia is, is like obviously his he's young, and obviously with Liam Smith, Liam Smith did to to a certain extent expose him in certain in certain aspects of his of his fight game. Very flat footed. He's very flat footed, mm. but I think he know like. I think he, he relies so much on his power. Yeah. He's like, okay, if I can just connect, then I can take it from there. Because he's another one who, he'll take a shot to give a shot because I think he knows that he's got so much power that he'll take a shot because he knows that he can try and finish it. He needs to get into range and he's, he, like we said, he's flat foot. He needs to have his feet set mm-hmm. to generate that power. Um, and then with him having to, to dropping down so much weight, he comes in. He's so much bigger than everybody else, which I think gives him the uh, gives him the belief and the size advantage that he can take all those shots. Because right. he's always he's always at least twenty pounds bigger than on, on, on fight on night. On fight night, yeah. So he rehydrates a lot. Yeah, so it'll be interesting, especially after this fight, because where he goes. Because looking at box record, the only people in the world uh, rated higher than him at the minute is uh, Jamal Charlo, Erisandi Lara, and Jarrett Hurd. See, but I think even if he if he He's not ready for those guys. No. I know he's a world title. So, uh-huh. so I heard this once years ago um, from somebody, uh, or actually a couple people in, 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 the, in the industry who said, you know, when we call them a world title holder, it's different than calling them a world champion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, he's just holding it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's kind of an insult. It really is kind of an insult. Um, but, I mean, what, do, you, do you agree with that? Like, you know, that some people... Are world title holders or the world champion? Yeah, I would agree with that because uh, you know you get sometimes somebody kind of obscure that will have a title and they'll have it just for that one fight. 
They're kind of just like a little interim between somebody else picking it up. Saddam Ali is a good example. You know, yeah. Koto had it. Saddam Ali got it. Golden Boy just tried to keep it in-house. Um, tried to fit him to Mungia. And then Mungia just came in and blasted him out. And then, you know, look, you can kind of tell when a promotion wants to keep that fighter as a challenger. Because, uh, you know, Mungia's had good fight with Liam Smith. This seems a good fight. You know, the ball's in. Mungia's caught. I would say he's definitely going into that fight. As uh, as the leader, you know, obviously the other guys, obviously the, he's the the underrated fighter, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, are you picking Mungia to win the fight? Yeah, this is this is Sapage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All round, I think he'll stop him. Uh, it's going to be huge. I would say round five, quite early. It's pretty early. Yeah, I think he. Golden Boy have made it. You know, it's a big show. They want to make big money from him. Yeah, he's obviously got the biggest budget. Um, been in Nevada you know, he's a Southern California guy he's got all the Mexican fans Right. it's on the Mexican yeah. Independence Day absolutely uh, I think they picked somebody who's kind of going to be so much smaller than Mungir so Mungir can get in there yeah. blast him out gain exposure on that card um, because we were actually just talking about this before you know Golden Boy don't have too many big stars nope. um, they want him to be the big star he's young he's yeah. undefeated good knockout ratio yeah what more do the fans want absolutely absolutely yeah no I agree um, I think Mugia is going to stop him I mean it could be the fifth round I, you know I, I, you know, I could agree with that I, I'll go with that too fifth round fifth or sixth round um, you know I just I just think that he's like you said as we talked about earlier his power shots are just he, he, try, he that's what he wants to connect with if he can connect with one of them and he can kind of see that he wobbled you or he got you a little bit kind of threw off your equilibrium then I think he knows that okay I can take it from here just as long as I keep connecting so yeah I'm taking Mungia and like you said Golden Boy obviously wants him to keep winning uh, especially on a big card just as this and he's young especially you know if he, if he can keep the world title and keep especially if he can keep knocking out guys which is a fan friendly style obviously um, then you know hey there's a lot of money to be made at only 21 years old with still many many years in his career so that's obviously the co-main event, um, right? It's not. I don't. I, I think that's the co-main event. It's not Lemuel Sullivan, right? I think Mungia would be. I think Mungia because he's a well, he's a world title. Yeah. So um, now let's go the meat of it. Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Triple G Golovkin, the rematch, which should have happened in May. Canelo got popped for clambuterol, blamed it on the tainted meat. It didn't work. Gennady Golovkin had to fight um, uh, Avanasian uh, right there at the StubHub Center knocked him out in the second round um, and then obviously they rescheduled for September 15th from the T-Mobile Arena and you know what do you think? What do I think of this fight? Yeah I think, jump into it Let's go um, I think they're both trying to say that they're going to change styles. I don't think they can. I think, you know, they've all had, they've had a lot of fights. They're kind of older. I think they're good. it'll be similar style to the first one. Golovkin will come out. He'll try and take the center of the ring. I think Canelo being the more skilled fighter, he'll try and stand on the outside. I think he could probably do with not going to the ropes as much because some rounds, he, he literally just came out and went straight to the ropes. Right, right. Golovkin didn't even need to put in there. Canelo was just kind of like heading over to uh, heading over to that way and trying to fight from But the he's corner. always usually done that because he, he likes countering off the ropes. Yeah, he seems to like countering off the ropes, but I think that's one of the reasons why, like we said before, the casual fans, 
it makes it look it makes it look like Golovkin's put him there. It makes right. it look like Golovkin's forced him into that corner and Golovkin's got in there and Golovkin's just unloading on him. Right. I think Canelo needs to be a, a little bit more aggressive. You know, he's tasted Golovkin's power now. Um he said he didn't feel it. I don't know whether I believe him. Um I mean he did take the shots though. I mean, I don't think Gennady could, could in the first fight he didn't connect on him as well as he's connected on other guys. Um or maybe he did. And obviously, Canelo's a, a, an elite fighter, and he he was just able to take the shots. Um, but you know, it, it, did you agree with the draw in the first outcome? I thought it was close. I could see a draw because some of the rounds were hard to score. Um, one or two rounds, maybe to Golovkin, because personally, I, I like the more aggressive fighter. Um, I know styles make fights, and obviously, Canelo, like you said, is, is actually a counter puncher. But he just didn't unload as much, you know. Golovkin seemed to the punch, his punch output was so high. So this time round, I think Canelo, you know, he's still going to be the counter puncher that he is, but just throw more punches, right? Uh, you know, try and get in the last thirty seconds, the last minute of the round, and you know, try and show off to the judges, get more punches out there. Um, just generally, just more work. I think he just needs to work a lot more in this, right. in this, this rematch. Yeah, and you know, I I, I agree with that. Um, you know, and then obviously the publicity the last couple months, them talking all this smack about each other, then that they hate each other, they're angry at each other, and then Gennady says that he doesn't believe in love, that he, it was a tainted meat, and he actually ingested albuterol. He's a cheater, and you know, um, whether it's for publicity or not, to you know, obviously hype the rematch, um, you know, it makes it interesting. It makes it interesting, and you know, I. I I'm, as it gets closer, I mean, just like any fight, I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, as the fight gets closer, especially as we get days and days and days away, uh, you start feeling the excitement more. Like, oh, okay, it's almost here. You know, when it gets announced six months before, five months before, like, oh, okay, great, this is great. But, you know, you really don't start feeling it until it starts getting to, like, fight week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think... I think... I, th- I think Canelo's going to take him. I think, really? I think Canelo's going to take him. And... I just, I don't know. I, 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 what do you think about the layoff though? That's a year and an operation. No, I, yeah, that, that's a bit. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, oh man, and yeah, I don't know when the last time he had such a big layoff like this. Golovkin's had the little tick over. The yeah, Marta Rosian fight. Yeah, Marta Rosian. That's I I don't know why I said Alvanas. Um, but Canelo, I just think that they're both intelligent fighters. They're both intelligent fighters, obviously making it to this level in their careers. You can't not be an intelligent fighter. I just think that Canelo has the edge. Um, people say like, oh yeah, Gennady's old, and some people kind of take that excuse, but I don't really agree with that. I think Gennady's still, even though being 36, 37 years old, he's still very disciplined. He can still fight probably for like another couple years. I think Abel Sanchez said in an interview recently that, excuse me, that he sees Gennady after this fight, especially if he wins, about maybe four four more fights, and then he's done. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, especially if Gennady wins, you think he retires? No, you don't think he retires? I think if Triple G wins, he'll try to fight Billy Joe. I think he'll try to sum up that division, and then maybe the uh, third fight. If Canelo wins, I think he'll do what you said. I think if Canelo wins, we'll see him against the, the winner of Lemieux. And Spike. Sullivan, yeah. Um, but I think we'll see a third fight. 
Yeah, I honestly, I think it's in the contract already. I think May, they'll do the, the yeah. Mexican holidays again. I think it's in the contract already. Um, I just don't know if it's on both sides of the contract. You know, I, if, I, if I had to guess, I would say that it's in Canelo's side. So Canelo says like, hey, if I lose, I get a, I get a rematch. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Gennady doesn't have that clause in, in, his, in the contract. But he might though, because after the, after Canelo tested positive, he gained a, he, he gained a lot of power, and the percentage, the split of the purse, actually he got he got what about forty five percent, forty five and fifty five, just about I think so yeah. So he got a big boost because yeah. of that. Like he got a lot of power in in it, in, in his financial gain after um, Canelo tested positive. So maybe it is on both sides. I don't know. I, maybe it is on both sides, but I can guarantee you that Golden Boy has. Has it on on their side, especially yeah, if Canelo news. Especially if Canelo loses, they're gonna have an immediate rematch. Who do you, who do you think the loss hurts more? Canelo's already got one loss on his resume, obviously to Floyd Mayweather. Do you think a second loss would hurt him, or do you think Triple G losing would hurt him more? You know what? That's a really good question. Um, I you. think it. Yeah, it really is. It's a good. It's a good question because. There's, there's going to be a shock factor regardless. Especially if whoever loses, if they're knocked out. Especially if they're knocked out. Even if they hit the ground. Even if they're just knocked down. But especially if they're knocked out, knocked out whether it's Triple G or Canelo. Obviously, that makes it more dramatic. Um, have anything been knocked down? I don't think they've ever been knocked down. I don't think, so. I don't think they have. Unless Canelo was knocked down like in the amateurs. Or I don't think they have as a pro. Not that I can remember. I don't know. They said they remember he turned pro at 15 years old or something. And I was like, what the hell? But yeah, you know what? I don't know. I mean, obviously, if you look at it from a from a age standpoint, Canelo still has a lot of years left. He can recover um, and come back. Um, but if he gets like knocked down, like knocked out brutally by Triple G, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've always see it. We see it all the time where these great fighters. Especially when, they, especially when not only not only not only when they lose, but when they get knocked out, really hurts their pride. And sometimes they don't, they can't come back from that. They try to come back, and it just doesn't work. Look at Matisse. We were talking about Matisse before mm-hmm. the show, um, when he lost to Victor Postal, and he comes back. It obviously, you know, it obviously affected him, and obviously he just lost to Pacquiao, and you know. But at one time years ago, a couple years ago, not too long ago, Matisse was, you know, one of the strongest punchers in the in the game. Um, and you know what? I don't know who it hurts more. Um, I would think it probably hurt Triple G more because he's viewed, especially since a lot of people said that he won the first fight and they were all up in arms about it. And because Canelo tested positive. Um, but I think for Canelo, well, I, I, I think I'm, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for him to win. I think he's going to win. Um, I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think he's going to, you know, decision him. But for Canelo's in a tough spot. If he wins, people are just going to say, oh, you were cheating again. They just didn't catch you. You know, they're not going to give him the credit. And if he loses, they're going to be like, oh, it's because he wasn't cheating. He's, he's in between a rock and a hard place. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, he wins. Yeah, the people will say, oh, he, he was cheating. He didn't get caught. There's so much money involved. They let him get away with things. He loses. He looks visibly smaller than the first fight on the pitches that he does. we've seen. Yeah. He does look smaller, so 
Um, well, that's also something that kind of that kind of hurts his image because all these fans they see like, oh look, like he's not on the juice anymore or whatever he was on. Well, I mean, whether whether it's the truth or not, you know, we're never gonna know. We're never gonna know. I mean, the only I think the only thing that helped him in that Sambuteral thing was that there was a precedent before that. So guys like Francisco Vargas, um, you know, also tested for Sambuteral. I think it was last year, the year before. And they said it was a tainted meat in Mexico. Um, but, you know, when you're a superstar in any in any field, especially in boxing, um, and something happens, you know, it, you're going to get a lot more scrutiny. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Francisco Vargas and stuff like that. And when that happened, yeah, there was talking, but it was more of like hardcore boxing fans. But when something like this happens, Canelo's mainstream. You know, not only boxing fans know him, casuals know him, and, you know, regular sports fans know who he is so he's getting a lot more scrutiny so you know he's dealing with the bigger backlash um so yeah i mean like i i you know I, I think he's in a tough spot he's in a tough spot um i think if he really wants to silence the doubters i think i think he at least has to knock him down at least if he can knock him out it's good but i think he at least has to knock him down so but you know let's we'll, we'll see but i i you know, hopefully they're not as hesitant as they were in the first fight. Because um, obviously, especially with Triple G's side, you can see that he was kind of hesitant to pull the trigger at times. Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it's, it, it makes sense because, you know, Canelo's obviously an elite fighter. And he, he can counter and he saw Canelo going to the ropes. And he was like, I'm not even pushing you to the ropes. You're going to the ropes by yourself. So he's like, okay, well, he's trying to bait me. And at times, he, he, did, he did get hit. But, you know, Gennady has been hit with all these freaking shots throughout his career and he just he's like a bulldozer he just keeps coming um so and i, I think um his training sessions he does like 1500 to 2000 sit-ups every time he trains he spars uh four minute rounds with 30 second rests in between um and, and you know just like i mean a lot of these elite fighters he, he spars four or five different guys throughout nine ten rounds so you know one of them will come in two rounds and that one so it's always somebody new with you know brand new stamina and Gennady's still you know low stamina and but you know and I know I'm sure Canelo trains like that too there's a lot of fighters of course that, that train like that but yeah like I mentioned going back to you know what we think the outcome is going to be I think Canelo is going to take him I you know I want to say somebody's going to go down obviously we would like that because it adds drama but I don't think anybody's going to go down what do you think I'm gonna go the other way. I think Triple G might. I think Triple G will take him. Um, I think Triple G. I think Canelo's just gonna do the same thing. He's gonna take him in into the corners. He's gonna try and counter punch him. I think it's gonna. It's not gonna work. Right. I think Triple G is gonna. He's kind of playing into Triple G's trap. That's what he wants. He wants to take him into the corner. But Triple G. That's one of the things he's always been good at. Is cutting off the ring, making guys go into the corner, and then just unloading on him. I think Canelo might fall for that trap. You know, trying to go against the ropes to try to uh, ride the punches so he can, you know, use the ropes to kind of lean back a bit like right. he was doing in the first fight. I just don't think it's going to work. I think Golovkin's going to come in. Uh, he had to wait all that time. He's getting a bigger payday. He seems right. genuinely kind of kind of pissed off at Canelo from, yeah. the, from the first fight. Yeah. Uh, not getting a decision as well. So I think there's going to be some vicious punches coming in this time. And I think, he, I think he's going to... Because they've tasted each other's power, like I, t- like I touched on before, I don't think Triple G is going to be as uh, as hesitant this right. time round. I think he's going to once he gets him in the corner, I think he might just unload. Right. I think he'll take him out, and then 
Cinco de Mayo. We'll see number three. Number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think regardless, we're gonna we're gonna see a a, a third matchup. I think we are. I mean, the money's the money's there. You know, the money's there. I mean, obviously in, in the boxing business, the money's there. Look at you know, case in point, McGregor Mayweather. Mm-hmm. You know, the money was there. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I, you know, I guess this is kind of wrapping up our, our our initial grand opening episode of the Last Round podcast. Um, you know, and I'm glad we were able to do it before Canelo and Triple G the rematch, which happened September 15th from the T-Mobile Arena uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be on pay per view. Um, and a lot of these other streaming sites, Fight TV, the Fight TV app, uh, Sling TV. Um, and then it's even going to be in theaters. So uh, you're welcome, Golden Boy, plugging all that stuff for you. <laughs> um, so there's, a, they're, you know, they're, they're going all in with this. They're going all in with this. You know, it's a big event. Of course, you want to do, uh, you know, make it available to as many people as possible. But, you know, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, you know, a, a, until that day comes. September 15th and see what happens and see which one of us which one of us is right you know um, I mean we can make we can make we can make a little wager right now if you want to make it a little bit more interesting um, or a little we'll do bet. a double I'll take Triple G and uh, Spike O'Sullivan okay yeah and I'll take Lemieux and Canelo I'll take Lemieux and Canelo and then uh, on the next on the next episode uh, of the last round podcast we'll talk about what the whoever the winner was between me and you We'll talk about what the prize is, you know. But of course, we want to see what happened uh, September fifteenth, the Canelo Triple G undercard. And you know, thanks. Uh, you know, we appreciate you listening to this to this uh, initial show, episode one of the Last Round Podcast. Whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Audio um, Boom, Audio Boom, wherever you're at, um, whether you downloaded it, you're streaming it. However you're listening, we appreciate it. Um, you know, we're going to try to do these as much as we can. Um, talk about the, all the boxing stuff. And if you can also follow us on social media at the last round 12. So that's the last round one, two um, on Twitter and Instagram. You know, give us a shout. You know, send us a message. Um, you know, we're going to start getting some pretty solid guests on the show eventually. Uh, probably sooner rather than later, you know, a lot of fighters, a lot of boxing personalities, uh, trainers, you know, people from all over the industry. Um, we're going to get them on and then we're going to pick their brains and and we're going to talk boxing because, I, you know, it's the last round. Um, and, you know, I you know I think this is a, a good start to, to a new beginning for the show. What do you think, Shep? I agree. Um... If any of the fans have anything they want to see, any guests they'd like us to try and reach out to, to try and get on, just give us a DM, just let us know. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of. You know, we're open to uh, any ideas from people. So then if you see us at events, you see the two towers, the six foot seven, six foot three walking through, just come over, say hi. Right. You'll see us at events. So, you know, thanks again for listening to episode one of the last round podcast and make sure to follow us on social media last round 12 and when you see the twin towers shepherd and danny z at, at all these boxing events come and say hi it's the last round guys thanks for supporting and listening to the show follow us at the last round 12 on social media rate review and subscribe